welcome to Street Fight Radio. I am Brian. It's been a very long time, six days, since I've recorded a podcast. (laughs) Six days isn't even like most people take a seven-day vacation, but now I'm acting like, fuck, I don't know if I can do this anymore. (laughs) But uh, this week, my co-host is from, is uh, you know know them on Twitter as Bloodberry Tart. No, her on Twitter. I fucked that up. That's my fault. It's all fine. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm easy. I'm fucking up. Yeah, you're 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 a, you're a uh, way forgiving of me over the years. <laughs> <laughs> but I have Amber. What is it? I meant to look up the name of your stream? What is the name of your stream? Because I think our listeners would like it a lot. Okay, my stream is is also just Bloodberry Tart. Um, yeah. I do a, a a stream that usually curates like old retro media, a lot of horror media, or just like strange retro media. And I collaborate with somebody who actually knows anything about technology um, to like take things that you you really could not any longer play or watch or what have you and get it into a working order so that we can broadcast it live to the viewers. Well, Street Fight listeners know that stuff you couldn't normally pay is some play is something that they like. I mean, for them, it's more like problematic stuff, but with Shocktober and all that. (laughs) <laughs> other stuff i do i'm i'm like planning uh so last year uh we took a month off in december to january because it was just like everybody's traveling and uh why why do this for a living if you can't take time off like that's nuts why would i do that so this year i'm i'm like banking um exactly 14 shows in order so i can take uh the the month off again and uh i am just like over that time i'm going to start a new series uh called now we're cooking and it's about dane cook (laughs) (laughs) our listeners are gonna a cooking thing how nice what a what an interesting change for brian (laughs) i was like no no this is right you know, it's about a scumbag that just married a like a child bride. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I was like, oh yeah, I'll just do now we're cooking. It'll be a dang cook thing. We're gonna watch like Mr. Brooks and Employee of the Month and Tourgasm and all that stuff. Have you started this yet? No, I'm not looking forward to it or anything. I was gonna say, do you have you seen yet the comedy special Dane Cook gig where he's on like a like a circular pedestal in the middle of a room with a crowd around him. That's vicious circle. in I believe Madison square garden. And it's me and uh, the only standup comedian that I get along with really well. John Cullen are going to watch that one and talk about it. And John said it was good, but I remember honestly, I actually remember seeing that special and being really excited for it to come out. And then seeing it and being like, oh, no, this guy is, like, actually not funny. <laughs> it's, like, conceptually interesting. Like, the way that it is formatted is, like, conceptually interesting. However, it is Dane Cook's jokes the whole time. That is the trade-off. It's Velocir. He's doing that Velociraptor thing, which I find incredibly annoying. But also, like, you know, like, when you talk about stand-up comedy a lot of times... Um, it'll be like a thing where it's like the, like, oh, the guy's up there humping his stool, you know, which I, Dan Cook does so much stool humping in his (laughs) special 
that uh, I, I'm just not prepared for it. I haven't watched, I don't think I've watched stand-up comedy in 10 years, I don't think. I, I think probably the last stand-up special I watched was a pre-canceled Louis C.K. I'm, I'm nearly positive. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't watch a canceled comedian. That's uh, kind of my bread and butter. I'm just <laughs> saying that like, I'm doing that as a way to mark the time. Oh, is yeah, a no, for sure. Honestly, a nice uh, alien versus predator that you could do for this bit would be to have to watch the episode of Louis C.K.'s show that he had Dane Cook on. Oh, yeah. Me and Chris, I think, are maybe going to do that and also watch, um, listen to a few Opie and Anthony appearances. Oh, yeah. because How about Anthony getting billed like next to like guys named like Zoomer, Brian and shit? I loved it. I, I, you know, not enough bad things can happen to that guy, but we've been talking about it a lot. We talked about it a lot on shocked over this year. And, uh, uh, we have come to the conclusion that it's possible that he's broke, which is really fucking incredible to me because he had a bunch of money, yeah. but like if you're not bringing money in and you're living a lifestyle of a guy with a bunch of money, you're going to go broke. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. If, if I brought in, if I had, so if I got $4 million today, if somebody was like, here's $4 million, I would definitely die penniless. <laughs> I don't know what the, I, I, when I see amounts and you know, it's hard to figure out what an amount of money would last you for the rest of your life. But I sort of am now like, I don't think I have the capacity there is no amount of money there. It would have to be an amount of money where they're like, you have to spend $2 million a day in order to not go broke because I just don't think I have it in me to be like, okay, let's hold some of this back. Like if I want a hundred grand, I would probably like my, my actually just on vacation. My sister was talking about this. She's like, if I want a hundred thousand dollars, I would take the lump sum payment, which are 200 something where you get like 30 or $40 million. And it's like, you, you take that payment and then you just live out the rest of your life like that. If I took that payment, I, I don't know how long, I don't think I'd have money longer. Oh than yeah. That. If I won the lottery, I'd have to get it installments because it's like not, it's about saving me for myself, you know? <laughs> If I don't have to create a budget, I will just continue to not create a budget until it kills me. You just want money. Like, like people don't, I guess I'm not like a guy that understands money, but well, like when I get tossed some money, right? Like I, um, even just a small amount, like when you get, when you're a contractor, independent worker, business owner, I don't know why, but in Ohio, you get an income tax return, which I think is wild because, you know, you pay a, you know, a ton in federal taxes, but for some reason, Ohio just gives you money, <laughs> but, uh, 400, $450 is the amount that I got this year will be spent in two and a half hours. I'll just spend it right away. Cause it's like, that wasn't $450 I was supposed to have. Yeah. Exactly. You know, that's bonus money. <laughs> I do that. I for playing. I've talked about that a lot with cash. Like I don't walk around with cash in my pocket because that money is already spent yeah. for me. Absolutely. You know, anything that's out of the bank account is already spent. So like what would be nothing stops me from just spending all of my money, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely.
we got cash in your like if you have forty dollars in your pocket it's as good as like it's that's like 15 minutes worth of money i think that's why i imagine I, like how much what anthony would have to be spending to go from being on opie and anthony to being broke so you i i've been looking at it like this i think he made somewhere and you know this is sort of an expert opinion of of just i know how much some of these guys have or how much some of these guys make and what i know is that the claim from from bubba the love sponge who you would say would be the number three guy in in this universe he is just one guy though so he was paying the people that work with him right like so yeah. so his money was was coming in more like a business money and yeah, he like, made he is a business at that point he's got yeah says he's got employees and he claimed that in the early 2000s he had 12 million dollars and that to me sounds kind of in a way right like he was one of the biggest radio hosts in the world he owned a shitload of businesses he's also a total scammer and grifter so like i'm sure he had 12 million so for opie and anthony i figured they're splitting the money and i think in my mind the number is between four and eight million dollars each because i know one of their contracts was for two million uh and they signed a, a few different ones so like if he had so he had four between four and eight million dollars he lives in new york um long island in a mansion that he just sold which is another reason i think he's broke uh because i mean he sold the mansion and then for a loss by the way i've i've heard oh. he took a loss in this on market it. too wow yeah so he takes a loss on it so then i start like okay so he he's paying a mortgage and then he moves into long he moves into manhattan he says he's moving to greenville south carolina but he ends up in manhattan in a small apartment with his girlfriend and i just the the rent on on a manhattan apartment is a ton of money unless it's paid off and if he's has all this money why hasn't he moved to greenville yet yeah. if if he's moving there then why isn't he if i had that kind of it feels like if you had a lot of money you could say i could say today i'm moving to greenville and be there by the end of the week yeah <laughs> so i don't know i think i i think he blew i i i just feel like guys like that and and a guy like me even like i i look at anthony as like almost like an analog to me and that but he made a lot more money but like i was a guy that was doing this fucking stupid or, or i was doing this sort of blue collar job making decent money that just lucked in to a sort of show business almost career yeah uh him a lot more show business than me i mean i nobody's ever made a commercial with me in it and like i just don't yeah. think people like us spend money right Soon we'll, we'll get to see you on like, you know, payday loan commercials and check. Cash I would do that. I would love, I, when I first started, I really wanted a, one endorsement deal and that was uh early times whiskey. I thought it would be so fucking sick to be a cardboard cutout in a liquor store for early times whiskey. <laughs> that would be sick. That would absolutely I know. Whip. 
I've said that about cigarettes too. Like how, how fucking you can't get a cigarette endorsement. But like when I think of endorsements, it's like maybe make a weed strain, which I think could have happened when me and Brett were still working together. I think someday we could have got a weed strain. I don't think anybody's going to name one just after me. One guy. Is Brett the, the face of weed for you guys? No, it was just, it was a team thing. Oh, like yeah. it, it was it was such a team thing that I think people would be that it's more interesting for I mean it's possible still, but uh I always felt like with Street Fight for a period of time and even still that like somebody might because we've we had a whiskey bear uh rum named after us. Mm -hmm. We had um we we went and visited like grow ops and stuff like that and and like so we did have a bunch of stuff sort of named after us but like i think you know i i don't know i don't know if people are just going to want to name stuff murder brian <laughs> the murder brian blend you get your own strain of kratom it'll be named after you. that would that would rip i would love that i did get offered a, a kratom endorsement deal um, I think I remember that period. I I got offered it. I didn't do it, and then Cometown did it. They they got offered the same thing, and they did it. And I was like, "Damn it, I should have done that." You know, we got my favorite endorsement thing that me and Brett got offered. This was so long ago, but uh, underwear that blocks five G signal oh, from that your rolls. Yeah, so we should have done that. Yeah, absolutely. We really should have. <laughs> But it was like, I don't want to do commercial. Like, uh, for me, it was like, is that selling out? And now I look at it and I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. I don't think we would have ever made a penny out of it. Because I don't think any of our listeners are buying 5G underwear. No, probably not. If, if we do, There's something to be said about the, the brand sponsorship you can take as a bit. Yes. 5G underwear. <laughs> I think that's so cool. I mean, that's the thing I like about uh, uh, Twitch and like what I like about streamers is that like you get to a point where people are like, play my video game. And like, I don't know what the, what, what the, I guess the ethics are in that, but I do know that, that like, you know, knowing Jesse and Stefan that they get those offers and they feel just fine making fun of the game. So I think that's really fun oh, to yeah. think I about. I had a sponsorship from when Fortnite put Goku in it. And they, <laughs> they were like, play this for four hours. And I was like, you, like okay, all right. And this, is, this was a great period for Fortnite because there was also a radio station on the car that exclusively played later era Eminem. <laughs> only Eminem only is, not afraid forward. Eminem <laughs> is very Fortnite though. <laughs> it was, no, it was perfect. It was the... It is like Fortnite is great because it's like the perfect product. There's no like artistic. It's just purely like, what if all your brand favorite brands all got together for a big party and kissed? And it's funny because like I thought I I my daughter for a period of time I I can't tell you what age she's probably 14, 13 was like getting into Fortnite and playing it all the time, but like never paid for any of the avatars or any uh, that i know of i mean oh, obviously actually, it is actually fun too like i understand like kids like it it's like shooting uh you know like a sugar cereal into your eyeballs 
It's Bond, right? It's like Goldeneye. Yes, it it's is. Like it, the, it's like the same vibe that guys like me got going over to our friend's house and playing Goldeneye. It is exact. It is pretty much exactly that for like the younger generation. It is the going over to your friend's house to play like time splitters or whatever. Yeah, I mean, uh, generation. I wish I I kind of for for a time was like really you know I did I I've said this about kids in the past uh, uh, to people online who have young kids that like hey you're you're never gonna talk a kid into liking the things that you like. So, but I spent a significant part of my daughter's childhood <laughs> trying to get her to like video games and wrestling and everything else. None of it worked, you know. <laughs> she ended up coming out on the other end, like into like the Smiths and the Cure. So, like stuff that no possible way a young Brian would have liked. Like, <laughs> I always think about how like I probably would have like been bullied my daughter when <laughs> I was in high school for sure. Because I went to school in like in Groveport, Ohio, kind of a rednecky part of the country. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't hear the Smiths until I was in my 30s. I, I didn't. I would oh, see. Wow. I would see people on the internet talk about Morrissey, and I. I think I thought he was the guy from Morris Day and the time. I thought it was Morris. <laughs> I had no idea who it was. And then when I found out, they're like, oh, he's this like racist vegan guy. I was like, oh, oh that's a different guy. Huh? It was the article in Spin about how Latino men were gravitating toward Morrissey. That yeah, like love goth and like cold wave and all that stuff in Mexico. It's like super popular. What's that? What is that group I love? Uh, is it Palaces or uh with my hands in my pocket they like rap um damn it i it's called like goth something oh if you haven't heard of them you'd love them they're they're like uh i think canceled obviously but uh <laughs> course, hearing about the one speed fight radio well yeah i am just a uh uh i i i i was thinking about it this week and i was just like uh i was like i i think that as much as I have tried to run from it in in my life, I might just be an edge lord. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like yes, sometimes, yeah. Because sometimes you're like, I don't want to be a guy that only likes like um, I don't want to be a guy that only likes like uh, canceled stuff. But I I kind of you know, lately I've been listening to Gilbert Gottfried archive on the Howard's. They have a Howard Stern show archive of Gilbert Gottfried's over a hundred appearances. I love Gilbert Gottfried. So fuck. He's so funny. He's so and, funny. It's but such he a shame is. that he has passed away because, uh, the Mario movie is coming out and I can't think of someone who'd be better to be towed than if Gilbert <laughs> Gottfried was still alive. He was so like the stuff he did on Stern was like just it's so beyond what anybody would ever consider doing in 2022 even almost like some of the Gilbert Gottfried stuff is almost like too uh racist for <laughs> like some of the jokes are too racist for the current right wing <laughs> wow <laughs> 
<laughs> and you're listening to it and you're like, geez, oh no. But like, it, it is that thing where like, I, you know, this is how I grew up too. Is It's that thing where like, you laugh at stuff that is really offensive because you can't believe somebody is saying stuff yeah. that is really offensive. Well, I think that we, we've hit a point where I, I get why that kind of comedy has fallen off. And it's because now you can just, you have the internet in your hands and you have a direct tap to people who believe stupid things. Mm -hmm. You no longer need a comedian to pretend to be that guy because you can go directly to the stupidest person you've ever seen on Twitter. <laughs> that is a really good point, though. I mean, and and Gilbert was just, he was like a one-of-a-kind sort of uh, uh, guy anyway, you know? Like, he was he was kind of a guy that, that had this character. I actually listened to a clip yesterday of his real voice that he had called in to leave a message for Howard Stern's um, producer and they played the message and his real voice sounded nothing like the Gilbert voice. It fucking blew me away to hear it. I couldn't believe it was him. And uh, uh, just, I don't know. He's just a, he's, he's just like a Norm McDonald's the same thing, like sort of a, a one of a kind guy uh, guys that like sort of uh, died off um, guys that said, you know, really, really offensive shit that just kind of died off. And, and, and there was this thing, I, cause I always think about that with like Don Rickles. It's like this guy, like, I mean, not my style of humor. Cause I don't like the roast stuff, but like he, he, a lot of times just straight up said a racist thing. At least, at least some guys were like trying to couch it in some kind of jokes, you know? Yes. And, and streamlining the system. Yeah, and pushing boundaries is, I feel, a thing that I, I don't know. I still feel like it's it, like if, if the thing I don't like about edgy guys, edgy comics, is like part of the part of what makes you edgy, part of what makes you a person who, who says things that, that are offensive and stuff like that is that like you've made the understanding that you're walking up to a line. And that maybe you're going to cross it and people are going to get angry. That's part of it. It's like saying I want, it's like saying I want to skydive, but I don't want to jump out of a plane. I want to like jump off of a, uh, uh, you know, kind of low platform or something. It's, it's, it's like these guys say these things that they fucking know are going to piss people off. And then when people get pissed off, they lose their fucking minds about it and talk about cancel culture. And you're like, no, you don't get to have it both ways. You don't get to be the, the truth teller, offensive comedian. And then nobody ever gets to say anything to you. That's not edgy. That that's not at all edgy. That's it's not like our deal. Like a little bit. Like, I feel like if you're going to be that kind of comedian, you should be like smirking all the way through, you know, you mm -hmm. can't act like it's like, Oh no, my poor, right. It's like, no man, you, first of all, you were allowed to say it. You said it. It was very successful. Just like you got to stay to that, man. Like you can't be like, Oh mm -hmm. no, my poor feelings got hurt when everyone got mad at me when I said the offensive thing. It's like, well, now you're showing everyone you're playing a character and it's even for the people who want to hear that. It's not as interesting. It's not as fun. And it, it is just like, if there's no consequences to it, it's not edgy. 
that is the that is what i've always felt it's like if there's no consequences to this then i i i don't even know what you're doing it, it at that point it becomes just a racist guy saying racist things and not wanting to like a like a like how a, i mean this is my favorite thing about conservatives is the uh the worst thing you can call them is racist like if it it, it it i don't know why but like i do it a lot if i'm fucking with people online i like i'll i even if they don't say anything racist i just if it's a conservative i'll just fucking call them racist because <laughs> i know how mad it makes them oh yeah it. And you know they talk to they like sit around the table with like their wife and kid and they're like this guy online called me fucking racist. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not fucking racist. <laughs> There's nothing better than making one of the really hateful people, you know. Like in in my mind it's like the best thing to me is like finding somebody truly truly hateful and making them mad. Uh and just have to walk away from the computer and like that's all that goes on anyway did you see now we're going to go into a little bit of stuff i found did you see the uh list of things there's like this oh my god you know what my computer's doing now it's logging out of everything every time i close a window that's oh not my god yeah, this has been a disaster. My uh, this update has been a true. Dis now the listeners are going to be up my ass. Like, why are you getting updates? <laughs> Just like when they're like, "Why do you fucking like?" The listeners uh, yell at me for having streaming services now. So why don't you fucking pirate it? And I was like, I don't know, man. I'm too lazy to do yeah. that. That's why it's so, it's so easy to do it this way. Yeah, you just hand them some money, and you know the money has gotten up. You know, I get a lot of grief from the YKS guys uh, about it. I, I think I'm spending about $150 on streaming services, which in the end is just what I was also paying for cable. So, wow. uh, yeah, I just get them all. As soon as one comes out, I'm like, I got to get one of these. I got to oh, get this oh, one. Oh, I got to be on Tubi. I, well, I'm, Tubi doesn't cost any money. Yeah, the I ones know. I get on Paramount, <laughs> Paramount Plus, I was like, I got to get on here. I have to. Um, did you see the post today or yesterday that was like, uh, it, it was, I, I won't even say the name, but uh, men, instead of visual, the usual WYD 10 times a day, these are some questions you can ask. Like this person that was like, it was dating. It was a dating sort of thing. Oh, no, I haven't seen this. Let me see it. Oh, it's great. It's great. I'll, I'll read some off to you here. Uh, number one, uh, do you believe in true love? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so instead of like, it's like this list to me, some of, some of the stuff on this list to me is like, WYD, what are you doing? Is like, hello yes. on a phone call. It What's doesn't up? mean tell me what you're doing. And I haven't dated in a very long time. But uh, I, I think WYD is relatively innocent and it's just like, hello, and you can do the thing. Number two, does your life have meaning? So if uh, somebody... Jigsaw? <laughs> if somebody texted you, does your life have meaning? I just don't know what... I don't know how you answer that question, yeah. you know? Um. What would you want your final words to be? 
Now it's scary. I, my theory that this is jigsaw is going further and further with each question. <laughs> oh God! Number five. If you had the chance to know when and how you die, would you take it? That's brutal. I know. This is really just sounds like a guy who murders women. <laughs> it does. It really does. Like, do you believe in heaven and hell? Is number six. Uh, number seven is a really good thing that that you should ask somebody. Listen, I'm not a dating expert, but if you're dating somebody, ask this question for sure because people love it. Uh, five things that irritate you about the opposite slash same sex. Oh yeah, that's actually a good question. A great conversation starter. Uh, this is what I hate about women. <laughs> they're they're like basically <laughs> asking you to be like, here's what I hate about women. <laughs> Um. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Boring. Wouldn't answer that. Uh, what do you find funny that other people don't? Um. Oh, here's one. Here's a good one to ask somebody for sure. Uh, what feature of mine do you find the most attractive? It's like American Psycho stuff. I don't want to be asked that kind of stuff ever. Like I'm really weirdly almost shy in a way yeah. where it's like it's hard for me I, at least when i was dating again it's been decades now but like it was already like hard for me to be like hey i'm into you let's not make me answer more questions <laughs> <laughs> number nine something you regret uh i don't want to answer that like i regret it it sucks yeah, uh, reveal your weaknesses to me. So if today was the last day of your life, how would you spend it? I'm and I mean, hopped up on painkillers and dying is oh, how yeah. I would spend it. Uh, what is your definition of cheating? No, you don't get into that conversation. Uh, not like a. Oh, I guess it depends what level you're at, but it's a little. It's certainly not a light conversation to have. What about this one? If you're dating somebody, they text you. If you're if you're if you're with somebody that you're into, they text you this. When was the last time you felt loved? What? I try to answer these questions. I'm I really try to think of what I would say. You know, uh, I don't have an answer. Uh, something you wish you could spend more time on. Where's some more here? Uh, yeah, it's just like a list of like, if you found out that in one year you die, would you change your lifestyle? Why slash why not? And I think the thing that interests me more about this is this came out on the same day that some lady that's running for office in uh, Pennsylvania said that men should have a right to sex. Yes, I saw this. <laughs> why did like what is the impulse i i like it okay because i like it when people say crazy things this person is running for office i did not realize she was running for i saw this post i did not realize she was running for office she is running for office somewhere in pennsylvania and like uh yeah i'll find out who she is uh real quick because uh it was really weird that like it seemed like she woke up that day i don't i don't actually know what she here we go here alexandra m hunt 
Her name is Hunt for Change. Uh, oh, Philadelphia, uh, public a fighter for Philly. So Alexandra M. Hunt, Democrat for Pennsylvania 03. So, so she is a Philly person. Um, and she is a Philadelphia congressional candidate. And uh, yeah, she just for some reason said uh, men should have a right to sex because men aren't having sex anymore. And I just thought like, I, I think like the day that politicians stop being like, I need to be on Twitter is going to be the worst day of my life. Because <laughs> it, this would never come up. No, if, this would never, ever get mentioned in any normal context. Exactly. And it, nobody would say, like, men aren't having, like, men aren't having enough sex. It's like, well, that ain't, that's not my fucking problem. Well, that, that's like how I feel. I was like, okay, like, lady, are you going to go, you know, let all these guys hit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Whose problem is this? Well, and like who, even more so, whose problem is this? Is like who, who do you deem to to solve this? Is there like a, is there like a government paid organization of like pity girlfriends that like it, these, like what's the plan? In the most charitable of ways, I would say that she is saying to legalize sex work, right? Mm -hmm. But. Even then, it's like, number one, that doesn't, like, you don't have the right to have sex with sex workers either. Like, that's not, yeah, it's, not. <laughs> it's not a right to do that. Like, they can refuse you service. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it can't be, like, I understand, like, like um, you know, remember the cake stuff, the wedding cake stuff? Yes, I do. I was just yeah. thinking that. Yeah, and like, at that time, you know, obviously we all were like, you can't refuse service to somebody like that. Mm -hmm. But also at that time, I was like, but like, do you really want these people to be forced to make your cake? Like, like I would no, be nervous personally. My business at that point, you know? Yeah. And I would be fucking nervous to make somebody make my cake. You know, yeah. like that, that the government forced somebody that to make my cake. Like, I'd be like, no, I don't. I, I think I'll just switch to somebody else. Um, you know, if I'm not wanted here yeah. and I get I get the I also get the like sort of argument for they should have to do it because they're operating in the public space. But like, it's the same thing with this where I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't think we should be running around saying right to sex. <laughs> Because yeah, I think I, don't, I, don't I think a lot of men until I hear like okay, what's the mechanical system that you are proposing? You know? I also think a lot of men don't deserve it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like when work on yourself. Yeah, when we're talking about this kind of stuff, you, you know the the incel thing and the stuff like that. It's like it, there was a period in my life where I considered myself a a nice guy that uh you know was just fucking around when i said hurtful stuff to people ah, we're just fucking around it's all just having fun and i think that's the type of guy 
that you're talking about where it's like person that only ever says mean things, but thinks they're not mean. Uh, I was just in a Gatlinburg, Tennessee, which I didn't like, did not like that place at all. Did not like it, but there were a bunch of t-shirts. The t-shirts there were just awful. It was like all Trump guys. And a lot of, one of the shirts I saw so many times was like, uh, I'm the nicest asshole you'll ever meet. And I was like, no, I bet you you're not actually <laughs> nice ever. I, I'm, I'm willing to bet you're an ass. You're just an asshole, <laughs> you know? And like a lot of the guys that you're talking about in situations like this, if they weren't assholes, somebody would have sex with them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It just doesn't, it, it, it's like a bunch of guys that are, are like have the worst energy in the world, like just the most like evil guys in the world being like, oh, no women, women are awful. They don't want to have sex with me. And it's like, no, that's, it's not that women are awful. It's that you're awful. But it's like, we do live in sort of a world where, where like saying I'm awful is so hard for people to do, mm -hmm. you know, like where it's like, where, where saying hey uh maybe it's my fault that people don't like me yeah people never want to admit they're wrong <laughs> and i get it I, I i you know i'm a guy that had to admit that in in my life right where it was like maybe maybe the reason people in my life are uncomfortable around me is because <laughs> i make them uncomfortable <laughs> you know not like in a yeah. a a not like in a thing where it's like you know, where, where like I'm, I, cause I was never sort of a, a creep, a sex creep, you know, like I just was too afraid, but like of women period to ever even barely even talk to them. Um, but like, I was just not very nice. And like, I had to reckon with that at a point in my life. And I think most dudes, especially white dudes, uh, probably need to reckon with it. And the difference between sort of like people that, end up alt-right and people who end up on the left is that the people on the left are the people that reckoned with it yeah yeah you know? yeah it's so like an emotional development thing you have the choice to become more nuanced and accept maybe there are things you didn't do ideally or you can double down and not and i think on some level to the human brain it feels nice to not it makes it you never feel like you're quote unquote losing but ultimately you are making yourself lose by not doing that in the long exactly run. Exactly. It is. It is like you see things like, it, 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 you know, I, I kind of learned at a point in my life where it was like, maybe some things I just like, we're all, I think what happens a lot of times specifically on Twitter really is that people fire something off without thinking about it at all. And then when it gets sent out there, it's out there. Mm -hmm. And you fucking can't do anything about it. And like the way I've always thought is like, is this something that could make people mad? And then is this something that could make people that I, I like mad, you know, like if it, if it is going to make conservatives mad or, or whatever, fine, I'll do it. I'll, I'll fire off an offensive tweet, but if it's going to make people that I like uncomfortable, I, I don't want to do that. You yeah, know, totally. That's not my thing. But uh, so I also read this in, in 
I got this specifically because you were coming on uh-huh. and I read it last night. It was very goofy. Did you see in Brooklyn Vegan, the, the website, which I like for uh, concert, concert day? Yeah, very I'm, good. I'm familiar with them for concert stuff. I don't understand why it's called Brooklyn Vegan. But it like started out as something else and then they're just stuck with the name. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the show that I'm just going to take the word radio off of. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this came up yesterday, and it was fucking killing me that uh, MIA. So there's a magazine called Paper Magazine, and they had Grimes and MIA have a conversation with each other. Oh, wow. What a fucking dream team. It really is. I very like was I don't know anything about Grimes. As a matter of fact, uh I remember Grimes came coming up a long time ago on Twitter and and I know you were there too. Like like uh back when like Creation was always coming up and and Grimes like in 2011 or 12. Yeah. Uh, Grimes was like pretty hot as far as popularity before like the elon musk stuff dropped as like was pretty well regarded as a musician and stuff and whatnot which is why some of the the, i think like she's just uh uh i don't know if she has fuck you money Mm -hmm. um because i don't think you make that much in the alternative music scene (laughs) i always kind of got the vibe that maybe uh maybe her family had money or something because i feel like you know yeah I mean, that's a good, I I mean, I have never looked her up to see if her parents' names are in, in, uh, our links, but yeah, it it probably is more of that. So I'm, I'm reading this thing. Uh, it's just an excerpt from this article, but Mm -hmm. it is truly the reading. It made my head hurt and I thought I would make your head hurt and our listeners heads hurt. And I uh, read a little bit of this here. Um, and, and this is the first paragraph of it. The thesis I've been coming to over time. This is Grimes talking, okay. by the way. Uh, and this is her thesis. The thesis I've been coming to over time is that the things we need to do to overcome our problems are technological. But that includes both literal technology and social technology. <laughs> which is something we disregard too often in our culture. Now I got a sociology degree at college and uh, uh, social technology was not, it kind of wasn't something that was talked about because it doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, it's like my theory works perfectly. If I expand the definition to include like all the stuff that is not included in it, you know, (laughs) It's so fucking perfect. I say social technology. Religion is social technology. It's a thing people use to fill in for mental health before we had concepts of mental health. I still think religion functions better than the mental health system most of the time, which I got to, I don't, I just don't know about that. I, you know, this move towards religion lately is so fucking fucked up i can't sign that we are getting pretty desperate as a society i feel like i do too because i see it like all the people converting to catholicism and like all this stuff it's like what the this is 
I mean, honestly, like you read about like in the past when this kind of thing happened where people started to suddenly become very religious, you you see that like it happened in times where people thought the world was ending. Yeah. And it just over and over again. And and you're right. It's it's definitely desperation. And like I think too many people online think it's an affect. Uh, uh, an affectation where it's like they're doing it so people are like wow what a maverick but I mean I I kind of think that a lot of the people that are converting are are sort of uh, just you know that silly like yeah. that silly of a goose I, I don't think they're geniuses that found something that I didn't found <laughs> you know so I, I don't know I, I don't trust it I think I think we've been relying on the social technology of religion for a very long time Mm -hmm. uh almost never did um so she goes it's a thing okay so and again religion is not better than the mental health system is fucking terrible right i mean obviously uh i have had my anxiety for you know for a long time although i'm better now thanks to ketamine um (laughs) That solved you know, my actually, problem. My, uh, my roommate's girlfriend got a ketamine infusion for her depression, and it seems to have really helped her in the long term. It's I'm telling you, it's fucking nuts how how much it changes. It just changed everything for me. Uh, it just I couldn't believe how the anxiety just melted away over like three weeks. It was crazy. That's I, really cool. I yeah, I was having. I was in a dark place for a period of time and uh somehow that that those treatments I did 5 of them and uh over time I just noticed it all went away. So that is I think our mental health system sucks because it's hard to get that. Mm-hmm. You can't do ketamine treatments without you know $3000 I think. It, just it's give everyone ketamine. That would put it in the water, you yeah. know. Maybe do it like I got this. This is an idea that I just got from you that I just stole from you. Uh, the tap have two taps, mm-hmm. one for water and one for ketamine water. And like you can just choose. You don't have to do the ketamine and water. <laughs> um, so she goes, part of our issue is that we haven't been updating our religions or making new religions that are adequate and make sense with the time. Most religions feel somewhat mythological or fantastical in the current cultural landscape, even if they contain really good teaching. Now, the reason I wanted to read that part is that seems like her it made me think of like what her conversations with Elon Musk must have been like, you know? Oh yeah. It makes sense that they dated when you hear stuff like that. I think. I think so too. So here's to speak about resources and technology. We have solutions to all these problems. We're just not implementing them. We have carbon capture. We have remineralization of soil. And in fact, we can do those things at the same time. If everybody started composting and we started enriching soil and putting our waste into compost and taking more care, there's ways to take care of our earth that solve our problems, that can allow for radical abundance. While I don't think we can have equality of outcome between people, I do think something that is achievable is equality of opportunity. I don't think that's true. I mean, no, it's not that, that very much an Elon Musk thing of her to say. 
Right. And we technically, I would say this, we do have, uh, what I would call uh, equality of opportunity and mm-hmm. that anybody can be anything. Uh, but we're all starting at different starting points. Yeah. <laughs> and like only certain people actually in the end get, get that. And like uh, uh, equality of opportunity doesn't make any fucking sense. So then she goes like this. She goes, what we need to do is rely less on the government and allow individual companies to start creating the tools we need to power our lives. Yeah, the government gives me so much support. I'm always getting <laughs> my needs met by the United States government. They they also tell you, like, these people are dependent on the government. And it's like, if you've ever needed to rely on the government for anything, and, and I'm talking about unemployment, uh, any kind of food stamps or anything like that. Like my mom. Medicaid, yeah. Yeah, my mom hasn't worked in a really long time. And she's on Medicaid and and she's she's just she can't work. It just it it, it just she wouldn't be able to handle it. And uh she gets food stamps and Medicaid and whatever the the check is, the social security or whatever that is. And I asked her, she told me one day what her food stamps were, how much she gets $13 a month in food stamps. And I'm like, nobody's depending on the government. The yes. government would give you $13 a month. And even if they did, like, so? You know? Yeah. It's like, okay, so they're depending on the government. What does that actually mean, though? They're having, like, their needs for food and health care met? Yeah. because it's forbid, you know? It's not like you're getting fucking Nintendo Switches. Yeah. And stuff like that. They're not even giving you your phone anymore, which, you know, in the end, you know, we saw that that the story happened where like uh, uh, the woman followed her Instacart uh, uh, guy. Her Instacart guy said they didn't have something. So she drove to the store and saw him and he was in the aisle just talking on his phone, marking stuff off, which, you know, who knows how true that story is or whatever. But when people started yelling about it they were like but instacart is like a service for for disabled people and and i'm like yeah they can use it but a real service for disabled people would be free it wouldn't cost a bunch of money and the government would probably supply that uh it, it shouldn't we shouldn't be depending on instacart to make sure people are fed at all. That is the worst. Instacart should, here's what Instacart should be, everybody. Instacart should be for middle class and upper middle class people to not have to go to the grocery store. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, and like you could argue that maybe more people were using it during the pandemic and stuff, but like uh, fundamentally, it is not a disability aid. That's not its manifest purpose. It's like a nice externality. If you're a disabled person who can also afford it, it's probably nice. But like, that's not, no one at at Instacart was like, I can't wait to create this important service for the disabled people. It's like, no. No, and it's not one. It is not a fucking service for anybody. It makes everything, it, it, it is way more fucking expensive. Way more expensive. And you're depending on people like the other reason i think it would be a government sort of it should be a government service 
is that like the people doing it should be government workers, I think. Yeah, you know, real benefits and pay and stuff. Yeah, like real money because they are really doing a job. You yeah. know, nobody, no, I don't think, well, you know, I can't say nobody. I know Jesse Farrar and honestly me um, do like the store, but nobody likes, nobody, I mean, I would say that me and Jesse are in like the 1% of people who like going to the store. And that's because we're married dudes and uh, <laughs> we don't go out very much. And the store is like where we go, you yeah. know, like I just go to the store. I love it. Um, and I have all the freedom in the world. My daughter's 18, but you know, um, I just don't think it's a replacement for anything. None of these services should be, it's like when they talk about Lyft and Uber, it's like, I mean, most of these things aren't even accessible to people who have disabilities. Like yeah. Uber isn't an accessible service, you know? Yeah. Good luck if you're in a wheelchair or whatever. It's certainly not. Or, or people are like, oh, it's for, for, you know, it's so people don't drink and drive or it's so people can get to work. And it's like, if you're getting to work with Uber, you're not making any fucking money. Yeah, no. I mean, I saw guys, I dropped guys off at work when I was driving for Lyft and their ride was $27. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's three hours probably or two hours that they're going to have to work before they start actually making money. Yeah. Like I did once kick a guy out because he was mean to me mm -hmm. and, uh, that was the best day of ever was uh -oh. the guy was mean to me. I was like, get the fuck out of my car. Like you motherfucker thought you could get in my car and be mean to me, but whatever. That's yeah, just get his ass. guy did get his ass. So let's, uh, I got one last thing I want to do here. I think, uh, uh, I think you'll enjoy this. Yeah. Wait, before you move on, I wanted to say something that's been shooting through my head about this Grimes quote the whole time. It has the exact same energy as when you talk to somebody who is really annoying why they are on acid and you are not. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Social technology. Oh, social technology. You know, I, some people, people don't talk about the social technologies is, uh, uh, is extremely funny to yeah. me. And it is social technology is something uh, is exactly that. Um, so we're going to take a look at a video here from Fox news, uh, Dean Kane. I don't know if you know, Dean Kane. Um, he was Superman. He played Superman on Lois and Clark. Oh. And, uh, I think that's all he ever did. Really. You could look up his, his like filmography and I don't count Christian movies as movies because like guys like this just automatically can get hired on those. You know, yeah. if you have any measure of fame, you can, um, if you have any measure of fame, you can get in a Christian movie. Oh, yeah, because Christians have their own sort of like media ecosystem of like Christian versions of everything. And they're always hunting for some sort of level of legitimacy. So it's super easy. It's something that has driven me nuts. It's something that I think like even even you working in in like punk and hardcore and stuff like that is like you you work your ass off to get your band going and, and you're doing gigs and stuff like that. And, uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a hard thing to get even a band like up and running. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, like I tried a million times. I, I wanted to be a band. I did not believe it or not, did not want to be a podcaster. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, if my dream was to be a singer in a band. Um, but now I like being a, I'm not complaining about being a podcaster. I'm just saying, uh, but, <laughs> But, uh, uh, you know, 
a band like yours works and works and works and plays gigs and does all this stuff. A Christian band is just like, because I get this on the POD cast a lot, like Evanescence and stuff. I was They're about just to like, mention Evanescence, so I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, they just get to have, they just get to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the funny story, I'll tell you a quick funny story about Evanescence that we learned on the POD cast, Amber. Uh, after they really hit big, Mm-hmm. Their manager and their record label uh, sent a cease and desist to Christian music stores telling them not to sell Evanescence because they are not a Christian band. Whoa, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was sick. That is a sick thing they did, but they wouldn't be where they were if they didn't start out as a Christian band, you know? But I like this like Christian band grift they did. That's yeah, cool. that's an incredible heel turn to that you can heard of the Christian punk band Lust Control. I have not. No, it sounds like suicidal tendencies, but all their songs are about how you shouldn't jerk off. No, oh, no, I, I, you I thought you were going to say I thought you were going to say all their songs are about how you shouldn't have sex until marriage. And I'm like, well, whatever. You know, people are going to make that choice. I know a guy that I know a kid that made that choice, got married when he was like 18 and a half. Because he's so fucking horny. Um, but I think that you would really enjoy uh, Lust Control's Feminazi EP. I think it would really be up your alley. It's so brutal. That's the most brutal thing about about like the the Christian hardcore stuff and stuff is like, look, you can tell me not to have sex until I'm married, mm-hmm. but come on, you you have got to let people jerk off. That's yeah. just that's there's a right. That is a right. If you ask me, <laughs> a man's right to jerk happen. it. If you tell people not to, it's just not going to happen. There was never, I, I've talked about this before. Uh, when I was young, a kid, you know, a teenager, every time I jerked off when I was done, I said, I'll never do that again. That's it. That's the last time. This is so wrong. Um, and uh, it never worked. And then it just ended up making me feel bad every time I, yeah. every time I did it again. It was like, fuck. I did it again. I couldn't stop. I'm addicted to beating off, I guess. Which everybody is. That's yeah, the I thing. I feel like everyone needs to have some things that like shoot serotonin into your brain at like on demand, right? So, right. Like, I feel like of all the things you could have, it's probably one of the better ones for you, right? As opposed to like, you know, getting drunk or doing drugs or whatnot. Which have I would agree. Deals, but, you know, there's certainly much more of a risk involved with those than there is involved with jerking off, which is pretty much completely risk-free. And victimless. It's, it's as victimless, unless you're talking about your, your everlasting soul and the kingdom of Christ. It's pretty victimless, yeah, absolutely. if you ask me. <laughs> and I'm not trying to get in the kingdom of Christ. I, I already know I'm, I'm not getting in there. Yeah. But uh, this is so silly. Uh, I, I don't know. When did this happen? I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, so Dean Kane, so Tim Allen did a tweet. They're going to read this tweet. And I got to tell you, Fox news was just over the moon about this Tim Allen tweet. They did like six segments on this Tim Allen post, which is crazy. That is just incredible. Uh, uh, a, a, a tweet, somebody does a tweet and then, they Fox News gets several segments 
out of a post. It's just incredible. So let's let's hear them read the tweet. We'll stop it every once in a while to goof on it. Here we go. Comedian and Hollywood icon Tim Allen sends social media in a spiral after posing this question. Quote, who is the face of woke? Do Wokies have a clubhouse in someone's backyard or maybe a cute yet safe All right. playpen somewhere? I'm going to stop Joining- this and say that me and you mm-hmm. would think are Wokies. Uh, yeah, I think that someone like Tim <laughs> Allen would absolutely call us Wokies. Yeah, I don't think either one of us consider ourselves. No, no, not at all. <laughs> and what is, I've never heard Wokies. I don't even know. At first, when I first, because I was listening to it through my headphones. Yeah. And I wasn't watching the video. And I thought, and, you know, this is Tim Allen. This is not me saying it. I thought he was doing like Wokies, like Chinese. You know what I mean? Like he was W O K E S E. <laughs> but oh my god instead it's w-o-k-e-e-s which i don't think either one of us are are uh qualified to figure out what that means and where he came up with that maybe just sitting in his trailer you know like, like he's rootiness? sitting in his tra- I'm trying to figure out what the root word he combined with woke was because i doubt Not like woke. i don't know i think yeah, I don't know. But also, you hear that tweet. I'll read it again here. Who is the face of woke? Do wokies have a clubhouse in someone's backyard or maybe a cute yet safe playpen somewhere? This happened on October 17th. That is two days ago. And I would venture to guess, just because I'm more in that world, because it's sort of my beat, uh, I'm going to guess you didn't see that, Amber. And I'm also no, going to guess. I saw this one. I did see this one. Okay, I did not. And I also am going to venture a guess that maybe 60% of my audience saw this. And m- the audience is Wokies. Like, I, I, there's no doubt the Street Fight audience is Wokies. <laughs> but, like, did it... I can't figure out in my mind why this would have made anybody mad, I guess. You know, it's, just stupid. it's not, there's nothing there, you know, like, I don't, can't imagine being offended by it. It's like, like, it obviously betrays uh, a very, very marginal understanding or, or maybe none of like what I get what you call, I guess, like progressive or even just like basic human decency uh, lovers like, I guess, but like, there's nothing offensive about it. It's not like. Mm. It's not, I wouldn't call it particularly inflammatory. It's just like stupid and goofy. And woke generally means it, it has become like hipster in a way. Yes. Where it means uh, not being allowed to say some words. Yes. Is, is basically, I mean, you know, obviously there's like to them, I think to them, it's, it's truly like it's, it's uh, uh, woke means somebody calling like somebody saying you're racist, somebody saying you're transphobic, or somebody. I think those are the only two things at this point. Those are the main ones, definitely. Those are the things that make them fucking crazy for some reason. And and even I would say even sometimes with the trans stuff, I don't even know if 
I think it's mainly that they're mad that they can't misgender you. They're mad. You know? Like the it's interesting because you can always tell when you read them, you're like, you don't actually know any trans people. You no, absolutely that. not. <laughs> but it is something I've encountered in my life because I I am trans. Is like sometimes I'll encounter a guy like this, and if I'm nice to him, he doesn't know what to do. Like, yeah, like he doesn't know how to react fundamentally because he has fundamentally no idea how to interact with a trans person that isn't like explicitly hostile. And so sometimes yeah. you know, hey, hi, how are you doing? And they're just like, uh. <laughs> and it, it's, it's like being afraid of people that are different than you at its core. And also just weirdly being afraid of like being corrected, I think is something that like, I don't know. Like I, there is, there is a feeling at times for me, not, not when it comes to like trans or, or any of those issues, but like when somebody corrects me, it, the first five seconds of that feeling is fuck you. You yeah. know, oh, you yeah. know what the fuck you're talking about. But like you, you after that first like few seconds, you're like, oh yeah, it's not a big deal. They're not, they're not like mad at me, you yeah. know. <laughs> and that that isn't even for me. It's like with trans stuff, I don't have that fuck you vibe, or with racist stuff, I don't have that fuck you vibe. But it's just like yesterday I posted something right that said, uh, how come nobody made Pantera? Like nobody aped Pantera and made like a, a a band that has that same Pantera sound. Yeah, and uh, like eighty guys that are really into heavy metal responded and called me a fucking idiot, and uh, told me a couple of bands that do that Pantera sound. I just immediately muted the tweet. But the first few people that corrected me, I was like, "Fuck you!" That doesn't, you know, bullshit. Yeah. Uh uh. You know, absolutely. Uh, but metal fans are genu genuinely the worst of yeah. all time. Oh yeah, me being one. Yeah, as, as one myself, I have to agree. <laughs> They're awful. A cute yet safe playpen somewhere. Joining us now with reaction is actor Dean Kane. Dean, so great to see you this morning. Good morning. So, how are you, Rachel? Lovely to see you. I, I miss you. I haven't been out there in a long know, time. We the chemistry is palpable here. I mean. <laughs> These these people and and like it, the Dean Kane's background is is I can see Michael Jordan, but I can also see a sniper thing. I think it is uh, uh, the American sniper. Just a picture of that. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's a troop guy. We, we miss you on the weekends. We have to have you back. Um, so listen, here's what I think. He's successful. Um, just like you, established, successful. Right. So uh, Amber doesn't know who Dean Kane is, and uh, I would say most of my listeners don't know who Dean Kane is. So yeah, I would lean towards the TV up here on my second monitor. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to lean towards no. I don't think he's success. I mean, I guess he was in a TV show, and when you're in a TV show that runs a few seasons, you 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 get that money. But again. You're looking at his Wikipedia. I Googled him to see what he's been in. And uh, it's nothing. He has no, just been not in really. nothing. I'm look he was in Beverly Hills 90210. He's in like a I random think, episode of Entourage. Yeah, I'm I'm going through, but most of it's the Christian stuff, the trafficked, uh, which is about 
I think sex the trafficking. biggest non Lewis and Clark thing seems to be Ripley's Believe It or Not. He hosted where he had a TV years. show. Yeah. But that's just a TV show where he's like, this guy eats bugs. And yeah, you're not, <laughs> yeah, you're just going, whoa. Wow. Yeah. I could do that job. I will say I could be the Ripley's Believe It or Not guy. And, you know, Ripley's, if you're hiring, uh, I'm fully willing to sell out and do it. Actually, the Gatlinburg in Tennessee where I went to, which I'll talk about on Sunday more, uh, Ripley's owns like so much of that town. It's owned by two people, mm -hmm. Ripley's and Jimmy Buffett. Um, so not a great place to be, really. I'm going to tell you. Uh, here's more. You guys can kind of say what you think. I worry what this message sends, the reaction to this, you know, pretty tame tweet sends to struggling actors who maybe just have a different point of view. Oh, that message is shut your mouth. Stay yeah. in line or you'll be canceled. God, these well, guys. And and I don't like I, you know, obviously I don't use this word very often. But when a guy is like, uh, you know, stay in line, don't get canceled. They come off as such a fucking coward. Uh, oh, I wanted yeah. to say pussy. Like, it just comes off as like, you're fucking worried about Tim Allen's worried about getting canceled. Dean Kane. Like, honestly, with these guys, the best thing that can happen to them is cancellation. Mm -hmm. Really? Like, if you were. Like, if, okay. If I was a liberal, right? Like, like a centrist liberal. Okay. The smartest move I think you could make is just being like, actually, the Democrats are driving me nuts now. They're too woke. And then say something nasty, get canceled, and then, you know, ride that wave, which is an excellent wave for a lot of the canceled guys. You know, none of the canceled guys are out of work. None of them. Not a single fucking one. You can, you, I mean, Gina Carano is making movies. Uh, with Ben Shapiro, which I guess is kind of a cancellation, but you know, what are you going to do? Um, here's more. That's what it is. I, I would hate to be a comedian these days because everyone is. These guys always say that the least funny guys in the world always say that too. I would hate to be a comedian these days. It's like you would have hated to be a comedian anytime because you suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that hard to be a comedian either. You know, I don't, I don't see it as like, I don't think I'm not a stand-up, but I don't think it's a challenge to be funny in 2022. Wow. I don't I don't find it that way at all. I I I mean, I guess the listeners could say I'm not doing it, but <laughs> I don't think they would. Here mm -hmm. here looking to be offended by everything. It's complete victim culture. That's your new red badge of courage. Comedy is supposed to make fun of those in power. That's the those in power, like like trans teenagers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those, these guys, I don't, I don't think Victims conservatives violence. Yeah, I don't think I truly don't believe that conservatives know what power is in a way because I, I just feel like you know most of my adult life they've been in power, even when it seemed like they weren't in power when Obama was president. It still felt like they were in power. Yeah. They, Everything was a reaction to them. Yeah, they're the main drivers of at least of U.S. politics, without a doubt. Oh, oh. Regardless of who's in office. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're driving politics right now. Joe Biden's in office. And I mean, maybe they're not driving in that, like, it's not their, it, it, it's like they don't have the power to actually get things done. But that's not even true. I mean, they, they seem to get everything they want, no matter who is in office. 
uh, you know, because the, 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 the liberals will just be like, we got to make them happy. So let's throw somebody under the bus. Uh, whether it's, you know, people who, who demanded to defund the police, that seems to be who it is now. It was, it, it, it's still probably trans people, but it has seemed to turn into, we believe that crime is worse than ever. And, uh, which is crazy. I, it, I mean, really, like they, the things that they say don't even have to have any re basis in reality anymore. They can be like, the crime, crime, crime is worse than ever. And it's like, it's literally not like, we know statistically that's not like the science is there. Not only statistically, but just like these are people like I hear my my father-in-law telling telling my wife, you know, you guys need to get a gun. You know, you, you live downtown. Those downtowns are getting very dangerous and all this stuff. And it's like, I just want to fucking shake them and be like, no, it's not. I'm here. I'm the one that's fucking here. Yeah, totally. And I'm not in danger at all. I don't feel like there's more crime now than any other time. And. I live in the city, so if something happens, it happens. What do you want me to say? Whole mm -hmm. idea, and the woke are certainly in power on social media. Uh, okay, a uh, big tech in the White House, and the weird, ironic thing to me is that those who are screaming about inclusivity and acceptance, they want dissenting voices silenced. So, um, and so and he just said all of the things. That uh, uh, these guys say in less than a, in less than two minutes, he, he he said all of their lines, which is is really like when you hear somebody talk about cancel culture, what you're really doing is sitting down and saying like, oh, he's going to say the words, he's going to say the words. Yeah. One of the words is tolerance. I love that word; it's my favorite. Uh, that you know, I'm not tolerant. I, I mean, and and for me, it's like maybe I am an asshole. When I like yell at them, you know what I mean? But because I'm just a white guy, I'm yelling at people in the end, I guess you could call me. But like, I don't think that that's true of like anybody else that's not a straight white guy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, they're not yell at people whose thing is that they're like being racist or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah incredibly funny incredibly accomplished he's uncancelable um and and that makes people on twitter and elsewhere go bananas yeah, he's achieved it. huge fame and 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 he he can that also he said to. a lot to me that line about he's achieved huge fame yeah because it it i think anybody who does anything that gives them any level of notoriety like i don't have fame but i i do know that uh, I'd rather have money. <laughs> if I got to choose between having fame and money, I used to say when I was younger, like, oh, I would take fame. But even having it on the smallest level is like, no, I'll take the money, actually. It's, yeah. So these guys are just so, like Dean Kane thinks that the measure of success is fame. And calling Tim Allen uncancelable as you do a fucking story about how you're worried Tim Allen's gonna get canceled is incredible. That and was exactly my thought, which was okay, he's uncancelable. Why are we talking about this then? Yeah, yeah. He because he's invincible, really, to them. It's like when bullets bounce off like Superman's chest. Mm -hmm. It's like when Tim Allen writes like a like uh remember when he wrote uh go to Wikipedia and search communist manifesto? 
Yeah. And it was like the Communist Manifesto is nine pages. You could just read the Communist Manifesto yeah. without going to Wikipedia. <laughs> There's only a couple minutes here or a couple seconds left here. That's right. Well, you always say what you want to, and now you're supporting, now you're, you're promoting um, an amazing movie. It's called Paul's Promise, and it tells the story of a pastor who started one of the first integrated churches in the South. How important was it for you to tell the story, Dean? Well, Paul's Promise is a great, it's, it's, a, it's an anti-racism movie at its core. Uh, Wait, what? What? Excuse me? Yeah. I mean, these guys, it's an anti-racist thing, you know, movie. So I don't know. They played like a half a second of a trailer mm -hmm. and uh, it sucked. So I didn't That's have funny. it. But I just wanted to hear a guy talk about cancel culture. It's my favorite thing. White man talks about cancel culture. Uh, and Dean Kane, uh, I'm going to watch some of your movies. I think I'm going to find a Dean Kane Christmas movie for uh one of my episodes when i'm on vacation because boy he comes off as very stupid to oh, me he's perfect he's perfect and he said all the fight. stuff i he said all the stuff i like to say well amber thank you for doing this thank it was very fun and uh tell people where to find you uh i'm at twitch.tv slash bloodberry tart is where i do my streams as i said we do a lot of like retro horror media a lot of uh finding things that you couldn't otherwise watch very easily and pulling them back from the depths. I'm also on Twitter at, uh, at Bloodberry underscore Tart because somebody I, in Japan has Bloodberry Tart. If you hear this, Bloodberry Tart from Japan, please let me have your URL. I want it really bad. <laughs> I don't have very much money or anything, but I would appreciate it. <laughs> well, Amber, I have known Amber since probably 2011 or something like yeah, that. Since we've all been online for so long. <laughs> Amber was one of the people that was around when when Street Fight and and Chapo were sort of developing and stuff like that. And uh, uh, it's always fun to talk to you. And uh, I will be back next week with a guest. I don't fucking know. And at the end of and this Friday tomorrow, uh, October, Tom Likas with Jesse Farrar. So uh, I decided to bring somebody in that would hate Tom. Like I brought Jesse in to do Imus. The last time he did it, yeah, and that was cruel. So, <laughs> you know, having him, having him, maybe like watch what was it, date movie or epic movie? Look, if you want to be in the street fight world, you got to deal with crap. That's just the way <laughs> it is. You know, I make crap. I I am a crap like I collect it. You know what I mean? Like I I I have heard almost all of Jim Brewer's podcasts and. I have heard almost every single, I have heard every single episode of Sully from Godsmack's podcast. Oh my God. Every episode of it. And that's the funniest one. Again, somebody DM me recently and told me they, I had recommended that they watch some of them. And somebody DM me and said they watched them. And they said it was just a joy to watch how, I mean, he's such a bad podcaster, Amber. He's so bad. Uh, <laughs> It just the Jacoby Shaddix episode again is the one you should listen to, and anyone without a guest is uh, very funny. But Amber, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you for coming on the show. Uh, what happens when I hit this button is that it's going to hang up on you. I'm not being rude. I'm just, okay, uh, no doing problem. My thing. Bye. Have a good day. Bye.
thinks we're wrong the mother who are they to judge us mother mother simply calls me where I had long <laughs> 